Hello there, you're listening to the Go Podcast. I'm the Mixed and today we will talk about error handling in Go for the first episode. Today we will talk about the infamous error handling in Go, this famous piece where most newcomers to the language will have kind of the same reaction, which is touching probably the don't repeat yourself nerve and for good reason because at first it seems to be that there is this if error not equal nil block everywhere in the code but there is a good reason for that and uh, this is what we will talk about today. One thing that changed me as a developer when I start using Go in 2014 is the concept of this happy path and it changed me not only in Go but in most of the other languages that I'm, I'm still using today so it made me like it made me want to keep this this happy path so what what we talk about when we talk about the happy path so it basically means that when you create a function the first indentation of your function is is mostly the good thing so it's it's the happy path of the function if if something is to be wrong then you will probably be inside of this if error not equal nil block so quickly you can scan code and you can you can see where things can go wrong in uh, when we are lo looking at the code uh, so it really helped for re readability and and also what you know when I, when I was doing mostly .NET at the beginning of my career, most of the time I was doing an if and the happy path was in that if. So let's say let's say you, you want to do something based on if the current user has permission or not. So instead of checking if they don't have the permission and do something there and continue uh, in the happy path. Um, most of the time I was doing my code inside my if. So I, I was doing like if the current user has access to this. And now I was continuing in that block. So I was indenting. And now it could it could go very far, in fact, in terms of indentation uh, instead. And at the end of all of those things, then you now need to to, you know, to capture the you know what happened so there is there, there is a lot of else that goes with that um so go made me realize due to the way error are handled that it's okay it's uh it's a better programming model in my opinion to tackle the error on on on, on the indentation side of things and let the happy path of the function having only you know what what can go great about your function. Another aspect of those if error not equal nil block that you know newcomers might not uh, understand at first is it's a great place to clean up and do some uh, return to a normal state kind of things. So let's say Let's say you have multiple functions that that call them, themselves in a in a stack trace way. Um, 
maybe you are creating some temporary files or any kind of resources or, or anything that would need to, to be cleaned up if, if something goes wrong. So sometimes it's a great place to, to do some cleanup in there because, and I'm not, ta I'm not talking here about any kind of differ. So let's say, let's say you want to open a file and write into a file so you can use differ and whatnot. So if there is an error, an error at some point, well, the file handle will be closed. So that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm, I'm really talking about your functions is supposed to do something and you know that it's going to change the state of the application or, or do any, anything that needs to be rolled back. So this is a great place to do that in those, in those blocks. So what does we want to say about go treat error as values? So it's basically the same as an int or float. So the error type is in fact just an interface with only one function in it, the error function that returns a string. So anything that satisfies this interface will, will be considered like a valid error. And uh, this is also very nice. We, we will talk about that in a couple of... Uh, of minutes, but I do not uh, let's take some uh, some time here to really understand what what is going on. So, if uh, you know, usually you you do have your error at the end of the multiple return type function. Uh, usually, I, I mean, ninety percent of the time uh, of what I'm I've seen so far, uh, you, you know, you you often see like two return values for typical go function sometimes three but it's it's rarer and the last uh, the last the last return parameter is your error so you you have you will have lots of repetition for sure that you know you will have those two values the uh, the uh, semicolon and the uh, equal sign and now the call to your function and after that you will check for error if you take some times and really embrace this format you will you will see that it's not it's not that terrible at the end and and of course go is a verbose language so compared to let's say rust and is question mark for example or let's take erlang or an elixir which you know the val the, the they, they, they propose to to let the the process crash instead of really taking taking some code to uh, to handle error for for some things um, of course you have any kind of uh, you know you, you can match for for anything that that happens but the point is uh, I think in a bigger team it's enforce all people to use the same uh, format and this is what Go is all about, in my opinion, at least. Uh, it's it's really the simplicity of the code, making sure that you will return to a project that you have not opened in two, three years. You will open your your editor and you will you will be at at home. You will understand what's going on, and uh, and you sh you should you should be fine. Does it does it produce more verbose? code bases probably is it easier to read is it easier to reason about for mm, lots of developers in the team i i think so
I think it's just it's just simpler the code the code base that is generated and the error handling is is one aspect compared to let's say Java and C sharp uh, exceptions handling it's kind of hard to make sure that all the teams uh, all the team members will obey to certain rules and whatnot and it's it's also true you know for dynamic language uh, Python and Ruby as well so there, there there's not much try catch or anything like that so so I understand that it's 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 a friction point that that it's it is there since a long time but uh yeah I think I think if if someone could just pass this specific moment of <laughs> repulsion or or call it what you what you want uh it it does make things simpler at the end so the way you communicate any context to your your caller so let's say let's say we have an uh, two functions and function a called function b and there is an error occurring in function b then usually function b will just return an error but let's imagine that we have three functions so there is function a b c and so a call b b call c so in that case you wrap the previous error and you you give some more context into it so this is useful to understand exactly where the error is occurring but it can also be tricky at some point because uh, i i've seen it overused and sometimes let's say in a in a call stack of 10 function receiving all the previous contexts uh, might not be helpful at the end so my rule rule of thumb is to really really ask myself before wrapping and 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 kind of blindly returning to the caller let's make sure that it makes sense for them to receive any kind of context for anything that that was one level below what they what they were calling so for instance in our example abc well the function a might not care about the context of what happened in function c in fact so sometimes instead of wrapping in function b uh it's it's it might be more useful to just return a new error at this moment and function b would you know would know what to do with with the context it received from function c if you are an, an old school go user like me you might not be uh, familiar with with using the, the new go 113 changes that that were that that were made in in the errors package but uh if you don't i would i would encourage you to uh, to check it out i'm talking here mostly about the errors that is and the errors that as so those two functions are really interesting uh when we are talking about uh capturing what went wrong with a specific function so for instance let's say you are uh, you are creating a package or a library 
it would be extremely helpful for the consumer of your package to have some kind of errors being defined in your package. So let, let's imagine we have a simple string man manipulation package. Wh whatever it does, it, it, it's not important. But let's say we have a function that accepts string and would do some manipulation on the string and return a string. So if the consumer would pass us an empty string, it might be helpful for them to receive an error that you would define on your package. So you could have capital ERR, so ERR empty string. So that's the type that you would declare in your package. And this would be equal to errors.new and you would pass a string there, let's say something like you cannot pass empty string or, or whatever that makes sense. So by doing that and with the go 13, 1.13 changes to the errors package, the caller of this function could use the errors.is and compare that with, with your exported ERR empty string. So that way, you know, your caller, the consumer of your package, even if it's you, I mean, uh, any, uh, any other package and, or any other developers for that matter, could do something about that. So they could, they could warn the user, for example, in the UI, if, if, if it's, you know, if it's the proper things to do. But the point is, this is a great way to have some kind of control and some kind of uh, it, it just makes things clean. So make sure that make sure that you're creating your uh, your error. Also, sometimes you might want to to have more context to an error. So you would define a struct with custom fields that make sense for you. So if if you know that the color will will need some fields and you don't really want to stuff them in the string directly but instead uh, having a nicer and strongly type st uh, structure for this then you know you, you just you just have to create a structure and export it and it just need to implement the error interface so you just need to create an errors uh, an error function on your type that returns string and now you're good to go. So your caller or your consumer of your package, this function, they could uh, they could use the errors the errors package uh, as function to get exactly this type. Um, so that way they could uh, you know they, they could access the fields that you that you declare on your struct directly in their code. So this is extremely useful. And uh, and also, yeah, the uh, the wrap and unwrap function uh, in the errors package that that were added in in Go one dot thirteen are extremely useful to extract wrapped error type that 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 were wrapped, uh, you know, above you. So uh, if we took the example of function a a b c then we could wrap the function and unwrap it on the uh, the error, excuse me, but, and unwrap it on the function a, for example. So, so yeah, I I think I think it 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 all cleans up uh, and it makes things 
simpler to understand and in the long term extremely flexible for changes and additional uh, you know let's say you are refactoring something then uh, it, it it just it just going to it will not break your uh, refactoring and whatnot it should not so yeah all right that's it for this week i hope you liked uh, the episode and again if you uh, if you can share and talk about the podcast that would be extremely appreciated uh, also if you want to check my book out i have a course named build SaaS app in go so it's at build app in go.com all right see you in two weeks bye